monsters. They exist among us, and sometimes they win. Even the devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey folks, good evening and welcome to another episode of Phantoms and Monsters Radio where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Stricker, and thanks for joining me. Um, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, and also comment. Uh, Super Chat's active during the show, so uh, please support Phantoms and Monsters Radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat. You can also support us uh, by using Super Thanks icon and also the Buy Me a Coffee link or banner. Your consideration is very much appreciated. So tonight we have Preston Dennett, who began his inter- investigating UFOs and uh, paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having dramatic, unexplained encounters. And since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigate a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and author of 28 books and more than 100 articles in UFOs and the paranormal. Uh, several of his books have been on Amazon UFO bestsellers. Uh, he has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, including Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM, and also the History Channel's Deep Sea UFOs and UFO Hunters. His research has been presented in the LA Times, LA Daily News, the Dallas Morning News, and other newspapers. Lynn Hurley lives a life amidst the strange and the unusual. Her first paranormal experience happened at a young age where she saw her great-grandmother sitting on the edge of her bed one night, only to find out the next morning that she had passed away. Her interest in the paranormal and how it affects people led her to get a degree in psychology from the University of Massachusetts. After Lynn graduated, she worked for Harvard Medical School doing research and working with clients who had schizophrenia and other forms of psychosis. In her 30s, Lynn had her first experience with a UFO and shortly after had an experience with a mantis being. Her interest in the field of ufology was sparked. Using her own experiences and her background in psychology, she helps to develop and run a support program for experiencers. Lynn is also certified as a regression therapist and worked with experiencers to help recover memories and understand the role these experiences have played in their lives. Now, in January 1973, 14-year-old Dolly Saffron gazed out the window of her home near the Florida Everglades. Without warning, a UFO dropped from the sky and hovered in her backyard. To her shock, uh, Dolly had seen thin, gray-skinned figures with large, dark eyes staring back at her. Frightened, she dived under the bed to hide. At that moment, her bedroom filled with a blazing blue light. The next thing she knew, morning had arrived. She was lying on the floor wearing someone else's pajamas. She had been taken again. 
this was not her first episode of Missing Time. It had happened many times before. Only this time, something different happened. Dahl remembered. In fact, she remembered everything. Over the next few days, Dahl recalled being taken aboard a craft where she was examined by gray ETs. She then had a long conversation with them, was given a tour of the craft, and was told she would soon be contacted again. Only a few days later, the ETs returned and took her on board again. Dolly had no fear. She spoke with the Greys, who reminded her that she had been contacting many times before. She was asked if she would like to work with them and learn from them and what she would like and what would she like to learn. Amazed by the opportunity, Dolly chose to learn about how to pilot a craft. The ETs agreed. So it began Dolly's lifelong experiences with extraterrestrials. She recalled all of her early childhood experiences and finally understood that he had what had been happening to her. She remembered being taken to another planet where she and her and other children were taught by the Greys about a wide variety of subjects, science, histories, philosophy, spirituality, and more. More encounters followed. So folks, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> Thank you. So um, each of us have either worked with experiencers or have been experiencers. Uh, so let me ask each one of you, what does the term alien abduction mean to you? Does it mean, does it mean physical contact or does it mean something different? I mean, you know, kind of explain to us what you thought on, on um, alien abduction. I'm going to start with Preston. All right. Um, alien abduction is to me a little bit of a misnomer. Because uh, I don't, I know, having talked to a lot of people, that some do not like that term. Mm -hmm. uh, I prefer the term that's a little bit more neutral: onboard uh, contact or you know, contactee experiencer. But to me, it means someone who's had contact, face-to-face -face encounters with ETs, missing time, perhaps. Uh, I have had contact myself, so it goes beyond just researching it for me. I did have a missing time encounter. Uh, yeah, to me, it just means simply people who are having encounters that are more extensive than perhaps a simple sighting, people who have a relationship of some kind with the ETs. Okay, Lynn, your turn. Uh, well, I agree with Preston. Uh, a lot of people that I've talked to also don't tend to like the term abduction. Um, and I can understand that because to me, when I think of abduction, it's a very specific type of interaction. It's, you yeah. know maybe one that wasn't, um, they're not okay with it. Let's just put it that way. It wasn't their choice. They don't want anything to do with it. These are the people that are really struggling with this. And um, they just have a very hard time processing what has happened to them. So they right. view it as an abduction. Um, but yeah, there are also experiencers. And I, I think too that I'm not going to limit it to just the physical. You know, I'm going to say there are a lot of, um, psychic experiences that people are having as well. And I find those equally fascinating and equally valid. Yeah, the ethereal encounters fascinate me. Uh, I, I, you know, and I, I do know of one experience I had, which was physical, but, you know, as far as others, and I'm pretty sure I've had others, I just don't recall them. Dolly, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, you've had a lifetime of these experiences. Um, I've seen it from both sides of the gate. When I was younger, 
I wasn't sure what was happening. It was never, ever um, uh, scary to me. I'm not, I've never, maybe because I was so young and had memories so young, I'm not really afraid of anything anyway. Um, when I got older and I started realizing what was really going on and understood why contact, and that's my preferred word for it is, is contact. Mm-hmm. Or, or you can say you're an experiencer, which you are if you've had contact. Um, it's all very positive because of, of my experiences with them and the knowledge that I've gained and I understand the why and wherefore of it. So um, mm. I wish other people weren't afraid. We live in a, a world where that's the norm. You know, you're taught to be afraid from a very young age uh, in, in a multitude of ways. And it's really hard to overcome when it's happening to you. When you're a nurse and you're in the ER and you've got a patient coming in and it's their first time ever in a hospital, they freak completely out, a lot of them. And Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know what's happening. They don't understand anything. And it takes quite a bit to calm them down and explain things to them as patiently as you can. And when on board, ET does do that. They do take people around. They do show them what's going on and what's happening and why. Uh, whether they remember it or not is entirely up to them. A lot of people understand that they're being contacted multiple times and wish to remain oblivious to it while they're here uh, in normal time with themselves. And that's just so they can live their life and be happy and it's okay because they're still experiencing the overwhelming information that's coming at them and, it, and they want the time to assimilate it. Yeah, and I do think it is primarily physical. I would just add that. Absolutely. Uh, I think people are being actually physically taken on board. Yeah, I've um, I've had well, I've I've, I've had uh, people I've worked with who are experiencers, and you know, who've had even ethereal. In fact, I have a, I do have one abduction that was videotaped, or well, it was recorded, where the young woman had been taken, and. Um, she was telling me that uh, it was like, you know, her dog or her boyfriend would be knocked out and she'd be taken, but she never remembered anything physical happening. And we literally put a camera out there in her bedroom and watched her levitate three, about three or four inches off the bed for about 20 seconds. And then she dropped down the bed and, uh, she did remember any of it. So, you know, I don't know if, how you can define that. Was that ethereal? Was that uh, some type of, um, I don't know. She was in control Which, of that. Her consciousness was doing that. You uh, think we're so? all conscious beings, yes. Um, whether you're in con- uh, control of the pathway to it, in other words, you have a physical mind and you have a consciousness that indwells this body and tries to communicate with your physical mind. Our pineal glands are primarily responsible for that connection. It's your psychic connection to yourself. And if you're not using it, it becomes uh, a really hard thing. We're all intuitive psychic beings. We have that in our DNA. It's absolutely true. And uh, if she's levitating and she doesn't remember it, it's it's her consciousness that's doing it. It's her physical mind that's not remembering. We dream because we OBE. You leave your body every single night and you perceive it as an OBE because you're not widely open and connected to it psychically yet. Um, if you were, you would remember all of it 
that's my experience. That's how I woke up. I decided that I was going to break the bonds of being told, no, I'm not psychic. And, oh, yes, I am. And I worked at it. And everybody else can, too. Mm. And it comes with abilities. And levitating is one of them. Yeah, that's really interesting to me because I just did a study of that and I found a lot of contactees who physically levitate. And it is connected to out-of-body experiences, I think, but also people are pulled physically on board a UFO. But when you describe something like that, Lon, I mean, that could be either way. Well, <laughs> in her case, which is interesting, and um, she, she was very young. Uh, she was in her early 20s. She had been losing pregnancies. And oh, wow. after the after the end of the first trimester, the fetus was always gone, and this happened to her four times that we could document. Uh, and and I mean there were X-rays, and she was going to the doctor, and uh, you know, you know, the pregnancy was determined to be there. Then it was gone. You know, uh, that's that was the premise for contacting me. And um, it was weird. It was really weird. And I, now it has stopped. It has hasn't continued on. But uh, yeah, I'm just wondering what you know if she was really taken physically, or if being taken ethereally somehow could have caused some type of physical manifestation like losing a fetus. Now, you, we are autonomous beings. And nobody has the ability to rip you from your consciousness, from your body. That is impossible. You are locked in. You are in total control of that. Only you. Um, to think otherwise is a misnomer. It's, it's a fallacy. fallacy. It's not true. Um, ETs do not lift your spirit, your soul, your consciousness from your body. They can communicate with you um, spiritually anytime they want. They can remote view you. They can remote view to you yourself. They can meet you halfway. They can make the psychic connection. We're everything in this universe is light, and it's all connected. Every every single proton, every single element in this universe communicates with every other one. Uh, Einstein was totally correct. You can attraction at a distance. You can do that when you're a psychic and you know that your child in Europe just got hurt. That's the connection. And you don't, there's no space and time involved. That's what psychic means, to go outside space and time. So they don't have to rip you from your body to take you somewhere. When ET contacts you, they contact you physically. They actually bring you on board. They have the ability to do that. Their reasons for doing that are very simple. It's not a hard one to walk through. And that is simply, we have too much gamma radiation hitting us. We have for the last 100 years, our magnetosphere is going down. Uh, it causes DNA breakdown. NASA proved this with two astronauts. It's not a joke. It's real. Any astrophysicist will tell you the validity of this. They contact us to hold up our DNA. They have the ability to help us walk through it and walk through the process of what's happening around us to hold us up. We're their children. That's all it is. Um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it's a physical process. They have to bring you on board. They give you a drink to drink, and it helps repair your DNA, literally. What amazes me is that our governments know this. They've worked it out for themselves. They absolutely understand what's going on, and yet they don't tell the truth about it at all. 
and but it's out there to find. You can find it. And there are scientists all over this planet that will tell you this is happening. It's real. It's true. So now, Lynn, you've been involved with regression therapy and you, you interviewed um, experiencers in the past. How does this relate on your research? Um, well, as far as the the type of experiences, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've 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 talked with people who have had both types. Um, you know, there are certainly people, and I think that maybe we all have a combination of them. I don't know, um, but it it seems like there's so many different types of experiences that we can have. You know, whether it is um, you know, a, a psychic connection, kind of like Dolly was talking about, or physical interaction, like Preston was talking about, or maybe some combination of the two. Uh, it seems to be that there's there are so many different ways that we can interact. Um, but what I found really interesting, what you were saying, though, about when um, the woman that you were talking about was videotaped, how she levitated, what, I think you said for like three or four seconds, and then she she came about back. 20 down. seconds, actually. Yeah. Oh, 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, and maybe Preston or Dolly can speak to this because I've heard of it, and I'm sure you probably have heard of it too. People talk about time distortion when they have experiences, and I'm wondering if maybe that's what you captured on there was just time distortion, like in action, and that way you didn't see the interactions, or whether it's simply as Dolly was saying that was her doing it herself. I'd be curious. Exactly. Yeah. It's been my experience that if a camera's rolling and contact is being initiated the camera will go down. There's a huge EMP, EMP pulse into the room and nothing electronic will work anymore. So they were not interrupted. They actually got 20 seconds. So I'm saying that that is not ET. That was her. Okay. Anytime ET interacts with you, they're going to come in with their craft. They're going to bring down an electromagnetic uh, field with them that will knock your entire house out. There will be no power on at all whatsoever. So I'm leaning toward that was her. Yeah, I would second that. I do know of a case where a guy set up a camera in his bedroom because he was having experiences. And no experiences came until one day he got up to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And that's when they got him. Uh, So the camera didn't catch anything. I think they're very much aware of when people are setting that sort of thing up. And yeah, absolutely. There are other cases I know of where cameras have failed, security cameras and so forth. Uh, But I do think, uh, speaking to what Lynn said, that it is a combination. When someone has a physical experience, it's very much telepathic as well. I mean, they're communicating Mm -hmm. with ETs telepathic. There's a very strong psychic component to all of this. So it's hard to separate the two. Um, And now any of you can answer this. I'm not going to just specifics but um the the actual alien abduction or experiencer scenario now you know i've been investigating this now for uh, you know i you know i've been interested in this with ever since betty at barney hill i'm that old so you know i i i understand i you know i know about this but um you know that did fascinate me a lot when i was younger but it does seem that the the scenarios, for the most part, after researching this and looking into these these uh, encounters, that they have changed somewhat. Now, when I say change, uh, and I just like uh, let's say with Betty Barney Hill, they had an experience with a UFO that was in front of them. They saw the 
these these beings in the craft. They were taken on board. Uh, there was experiments done on them, and uh, she was shown certain things. But it, it seems to evolve somehow to where it, there was more. There seemed to be a lot more uh, emphasis on hybridization later on. And as time has gone on, that's kind of backed off a bit. Now, some of these scenarios seem to involve a multitude of alien beings or unknown beings, uh, for the most part. I mean, sometimes a lot of these experiences, they talk about different types of beings, uh, even humans. I mean, I've had so many where there have been humans involved as well. But, of course, you know, greys and, you know, either some type of Nordic or human-like being, reptilians, insectoids, the whole nine yards. But it does seem that more and more that I have researched, more of these beings seem to be cooperating with each other. Um, they've always cooperated with one another. You're just seeing them more often now. And yes, okay. perception, perspective changes over the years. What people understood back then is not what they understand now. They've been a, a lot more educated in what's happening and there is a lot more consciousness raising now as opposed to then so you're receiving more information from them as a result uh, the amount of beings that are incorporated into this um, paradigm of people coming to visit here is high a lot of them have lived on this planet with us for a long time they've interacted among us you just don't realize it uh, they've had to pack up for a while and leave, and that's an exodus that you can't miss, and there's a lot more sighting because of that. Um, they also have a uh, deep interest in what's going on right now with us, especially now. So you're going to see more of them. You're going to understand it. Um, more people are more interested in well as well. I mean, I don't I don't think I don't run into one person at least once a week now that is absolutely aware of what's happening, can talk about it, and is educated somewhat into what's going on. And it, that's, I find that wonderful. So, yeah, you're going to hear about it way more than you used to. Yes. Yeah, I would underline that. Cause I think in the beginning, uh, we were really struggling to understand what's going on here. The Betty and Barney Hill case, 1961, I think is when it occurred. That's still not that long ago. This is relatively a new phenomena. I think we're beginning to recognize it's more than just being taken on board and physically examined. All kinds of things happen. You know, there are, people are put in these little pools of liquid, which they can breathe in the liquid. Um, they're given drinks, Dolly mentioned. Uh, they're healed. They're given a tour of the craft, shown the engine room, taught how to fly the craft, taken to an observation deck, all kinds of, they're given messages, warnings. There's, I think, we're beginning to recognize just how varied contact can be. We're in the beginning where we're focusing on really just trying to even prove this. And there was a lot of focus on the fear-based aspects of it. So I think it's been definitely an evolution there of our, like Dolly says, our perception of what's going on here. And we're really beginning to get a good handle on what ET contact really is. Vincent, you got anything? Yeah, I, th I think that it's quite possible that we are seeing several different groups with several different agendas. I love uh, Preston and, and, and Dolly's uh, encounter and, 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 and how that is. And, and I love the positive encounters, but there seems to be a flip side to this too. 
there seems to be some nefarious group with with in the ET races that that don't have our best interests and that could be in league with our government and they could be taking a lot of people that don't want to be taken. I've talked to a lot of folks that it, it's ruined their lives. And I would like uh, to speak to this. The positive stories are wonderful. This is sure. not true. Absolutely. We come from a planet okay. where humans have warred with each other, hurt each other, decimated one another. I'm very well aware of our history, and I've seen things that most people today don't know about uh, that humans are capable of doing to one another. Um, I find it deplorable. Uh, E.T. is an advanced race. They are billions of years our senior. They are evolved beyond this action, this thinking. They do not do this. They do not need your money. They do not need your supplies, your avarice, your ego, or any of that. They are highly, highly evolved beings, and they would not, could not, and will not uh, harm a single hair on anybody's head here if they can help it. But we have egos that are so big, we're supplementing them with our ego. And I'll tell you something, there's a whole group of people out there who want you to think that because they have plans for you and everybody else on this planet that isn't so copacetic. It isn't so pleasant to think about. Um, I would like you to... So do you think it's the humans that are doing this to other humans? Yes, and, absolutely. And, and there's a name for it. It started with MK Ultra, MK12, sure. all the way up to my lab. Absolutely. And Lynn is aware of it. I'm aware of it. Preston's aware of it. Please look it up yourself. They exist. They are harming people and making you believe it's ET that's doing it. Absolutely. I'm very well connected with the military. I'm very well connected with things that go on on this planet, and I've seen it myself. It's bad. Now, I know people have a hard time with this. I'm not going to deny that there are scary encounters out there, and it does traumatize people. They have PTSD, insomnia, can't sleep unless the lights are on and all the doors are locked, and they're double-checking those locks. Uh, but I have to tell you, having interviewed a lot of people, the very worst I hear in terms of these guys hurt me was the, is the physical examination. And this can be very scary for people. And occasionally there is pain involved in some of these procedures. Almost every time with the people I've interviewed, if they express, I'm feeling pain, the ETs will relieve it. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any accounts of what I would call outright sadism or ETs intentionally causing fear or pain or trying to torture people or anything like that. But I'm not gonna deny that. Some people absolutely do not like this and wish it never happened and uh, feel like they did not choose this and just plain old don't like it. It's very, very scary for them. I understand that. But the first thing the ETs will tell you when they come into your room is don't be afraid, have no fear, no harm will come to you. And if you look at what actually happens objectively when people are taken on board, I don't think it supports a negative ET scenario. I don't think they're here to take over or hurt people or you know, do nefarious activities. Yes, they do want genetic material. And this can be upsetting for people with the missing fetus syndrome. But most of the contactees I've talked to who have repeated contact often get over this intense fear and realize that the ETs are not there to hurt them. They've been healed. They've gotten enormous amounts of spiritual information uh, uh, to a level of spiritual enlightenment um, from this. And by that, I mean psychic abilities 
often manifest among contactees, really profound ones. I know some people have negative experiences. My heart goes out to them. And the MyLabs are a real problem. And that's part of this disinformation as well. Yeah. Well, we do have a question about MyLabs. Um, the, uh, let's see, Dave McGinnis asked, uh, do any of the guests have thoughts on MyLab experiences? <laughs> Mm, I do, and it's not good. I'm very upset that our own tax dollars are being put, you know, to this and made to put forth a false ET threat narrative. You have to remember, ETs have been around a very long time. They're not here to take over. It's our government that we have to worry about. If you look at the history of our governments, it's not good. And it's not just in this field. In this field, their history is heinous. But in many different fields... Um, they have treated the populace very poorly. It's them I'm worried about, not so much the ETs. Yeah, I yeah, I was going to say, Lynn, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, um, uh, thoughts or experiences, I definitely have right. both. Um, okay. So I, I agree with Preston uh, and I agree with Dolly um, with everything they've been saying now. Granted, uh, I, I do agree, um, just to kind of to go back just a tad, uh, where Preston said something that was really, really um, pertinent, which is it's the person's perception of their experience that leads to the fear of what they believe happened. Um, time after time, people that I've worked with over time, the more understanding that they've had, the more experiences they've had where they've maybe try to like calm themselves in the moment and understand it a little bit better, their perception of those experiences does inevitably change almost 100% of the time. But having said that, um, my lab experiences, yes, I, I think it's the government, but I'll actually go one step further. I think the government is actually more of a puppet. I think it is like Eisenhower said, beware the military industrial complex. Absolutely, I think it is the military yeah, and corporations. I think that is who is running it, like things behind the scenes. Um, so yes, not so great. Um, have had experiences of that myself. I know Dolly has as well. So they are very real. And um, it is a difficult one for people to swallow. I understand that. You don't wanna think that, you know, humans are doing this to each other, but as Dolly said, we've done horrible things to each other for thousands and thousands of years. So unfortunately we haven't quite evolved past that yet. Okay. Uh, we, we do have another question here. Uh, Peace asks, do you know anything about reptilians? Any personal experiences with them? I have a personal experience and okay. I've learned from it. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to go out in the glades and I used to dig up Indian burial mounds. Um, I used to collect things and uh, let the museum know I had them. And sometimes they let me keep certain things. Um, I had a canoe and a tent and, you know, a campfire starter and everything. And I would just go out onto these mounds in the glades. And um, I was packing down. I, it was a long weekend for me and I was getting ready to go. My canoe was, two mounds were together, but there was uh, water and sawgrass between them. And uh, I was getting ready to, you know, take my pack and float it over to my canoe. And the hair on the back of my neck went up. And I felt something behind me and I looked over my right shoulder and there it stood right in front of me, uh, showing its teeth. And I thought, oh, no. 
And I just, I didn't even think too much about it. It had lunch on its mind and I ran the fastest I've ever run in my entire life straight into sawgrass water, didn't care, chewed me up, got to my boat, didn't even climb in the boat. I kept pushing the boat along, get out, get out, get out, um, got away from it. I was very lucky. I thought about it for a long time that it let me get away. It had to have. Years went by and I, my contacts, uh, knew that I was very upset about it and I couldn't help myself. I'd talk about it frequently. These guys are not okay. And uh, I got talked to about it. And basically this, what I learned from my contacts is this. Reptilians are part of this planet. They have been from the very beginning. They, they've been here since the dinosaurs. They did, a, did not die from the impacts from the sun uh, micronova. And uh, they survived. They belong here. They are part of this place. They're very good at hiding. They're very good at staying on their own. They come up every now and then. I have not heard. You'd have to prove to me they've eaten anybody. I mean, it thought about eating me. It was hungry, okay? But it let me go. Um, I respect their existence. I expect, I respect the fact that they're evolving. Also, I know they're psychic because I could read its mind. I did get lunch from it, okay? Um, I was taught by the tall grays and by Talata, who's a fifth dimensional being, just let them be, you know, they're okay. Just respect them and they'll, you know, stay away from you too. They living out their lives here. This is their planet, not ours. We did not originate here. They did. And that's what I was taught about them. I've also had um, quite a few experiences. Actually, most of my experiences that I remember are with reptilians. Um, I do agree with Dolly that there are reptilians on this planet. Um, but I do believe there are also reptilians from other places. I mean, it's a big universe, everybody. Like, there's all kinds of different beings all over the place, right? Um, the ones that I've had experiences with, I believe, are from a different planet. But it is also possible that some were from here. Um, most of mine were in the capacity of um, not even my lab, secret space program type situations, really, uh, is where I worked with them. I actually quite like the reptilians. I have no problems with them. I've never had any issues with them. Um, you know, I, I think oftentimes too, they, they, they look very scary, right? It's a giant lizard coming at you with giant teeth and they're going to look very scary to you. Um, and, and they're individual beings as are all of them, like they're individual beings, right? So they're all going to have kind of not their own agendas, but their own personalities, just like we do to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I actually quite like the reptilians. So I don't have a negative perception of the reptilians myself, but it's a big, like I said, it's a big universe, a bunch of different kinds out there. So yeah, I don't get many reptilian encounters. I have to tell you, talking to a lot of people, it's mostly grays, some variation of grays, praying mantis, human looking ETs, small blue beings, light beings, tall whites, strange humanoids of all kinds, and a couple of uh, reptilians here and there. Uh, the few that I have did not involve UFOs, so I think that they would pertain to what Dolly is saying, that uh, they're perhaps not extraterrestrials so much as that new term we're hearing, crypto-terrestrials. Mm -hmm. It's kind of intriguing. I did talk to a lady named Pamela who said that her reptilian encounter was great. She had an amorous, an intimate relationship with one. I've heard a few of those. <laughs> And I know Barbara Lamb, you know, who's well known, right. said she had a face-to-face -face encounter with one and shook its hand, and it was very friendly. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, they're probably people to a certain extent sentient like us, 
But I have, do have a lot of questions. I know John Rhodes, I think that's his name, is a researcher who really focused on this, but I honestly have so few cases. I'm not, I don't feel qualified to speak too much about it. Yeah. They're you definitely know, very and very safe. It's interesting you mentioned um, the reptilian cases that are reports that you received had nothing to do with any type of craft. And uh, yeah, everyone that I have received uh, has something to do with either them entering through portals into a room or into another location and, and not uh, and not having any type of craft involvement. A lot of them work with the military. That's why mm -hmm. I think you don't see, because they are working with our military, whether they are from mm -hmm. here or from somewhere else. Um, I can't really say, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100%. Um, but uh, the majority people have asked me, you know, in the secret space program and Dolly, you may have had different experiences, but for me, like they say, what types of beings did you see? And majority of the ones that I worked with were reptilians. Um, so, but that maybe was just where I was at. Again, it's a big program. Sure. I know right. a lot of people have a really difficult time with it, but it is immense. Um, and lots of different facets to it, but yeah. Well, we did have a question from Space Cadet Lottie who asked uh, to ask Dolly, or I'm going to ask all of you, your opinion of secret space program abductions. <laughs> Everybody's oh. quiet. <laughs> um, I have no knowledge of the secret space program whatsoever. And there are a few things that are said about it give me pause. Okay. Because um, there are some things that I absolutely know scientifically, uh, and it, it interrupts the uh, rhetoric of the program itself. And I'm going to speak to the one that I absolutely know, and that mm -hmm. is that Mars is not a viable planet. It is outgassing. It was destroyed. It has no core. It has no magnetosphere. And it's hit with full-on gamma radiation from the entire universe. You wouldn't physically last there five minutes. No biological being would last on Mars five minutes. There's no protection. There's no inside, nothing. This is a planet that blew off the entire outside of its surface. It is twice as small as it used to be. And it is outgassing. It is crushing in upon itself. It is a dead planet. I have seen it. I've been there. I've circled it. And I've been educated in it. You ask any astronomer, any scientist on this planet, and they will agree 100% with me, it is a dead planet. It cannot support life. There is no terraforming. The fact that Elon Musk talked about it amazed me because I thought, man, this guy is either completely cracked out of his mind or he's just using the thought of it to help him finance what he really wants to do. And that is create AI and AI for humans and chip your brain. He needed funding for that, and he's almost at it now. He's about to put it into your head. Um, so that's my only thing I'm going to say about it, because I can't talk to what everybody else knows. I mean, everybody has their perspective, and everybody has their experiences. So I will respect those. And I, But I will tell you that there is nobody on Mars, period, the end. Not, nope. Well, I will say I don't want to chip in my head. Just going to start with that. No, thank you. <laughs> um, as far as I, I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no question that our governments, or as Lynn pointed out, not even our governments, this military industrial complex, highest levels of the military, the one percenters, the cabal, call them what you will, 
no question that they have some of this technology and are reverse engineering it and are building craft that to some degree mimic UFOs. Uh, so I think there is some truth to what's going on. I'm not so sure that they're traveling to other planets or not. Certainly looked at the books like Project Serpo, which claims that. Mm. Uh, I don't know <laughs> that that's true. I've looked at the stuff from Gary McKinnon, which I wonder about. But I don't know mm -hmm. that I personally have any good information of an actual secret space program. Other than that, we are absolutely <laughs> have our hands on this technology and are using it to create craft that do have anti-gravity. There's no doubt in my mind of that. Mm -hmm. How far it's gone into space, I don't know. They, they can't. I'll, I'm going to tell you about how ET operates a little bit. Maybe this will help you. Um, ET craft are half biological and half driven psychically. Uh, they're indwelt. Every single one of them are a biological entity in, uh, in themselves. In other words, it's a body that's provided to an entity that can indwell it. They are so far advanced of us. They're fifth dimensional, non-corporeal beings. Their intelligence is required to run those craft because what they do with light supersedes anything you'll ever figure out in your lifetime. You're no one, no one here is anywhere close to what it is. Um, the amount of power it takes to run that craft is incredibly high and there is no source here that they have generated or can even come close to producing the two fields, gravitational fields, they're called graviton fields, around the craft to take it into outer space. They can fly in our space because they can stay pressurized here. That's the only reason they can fly in our skies like that anti-graph, and they do have anti-graph. But beyond that, they do not have those capabilities. ET does not travel by speed, they travel by light. When they transfer from here to some other points in the galaxy or the universe, they travel through a light gate that takes an incredible amount of power. That's why they love our electricity so much, because they do not fully power how they power outside our magnetosphere. They come in on battery power to protect us from them, because we would outright die in their presence anywhere near their craft. Um, they love our power lines. They, the pyramids were made to generate power for them. Uh, there's a million ways to make a battery, and they knew it. Our ancestors knew it. They were taught by them how to do it. And it is obvious and it is absolute science proven. Uh, every every um, ancient civilization points toward that. They've pointed with their pyramids and every astronomical calculation that they landed on the ground in their buildings to show you where they're from. There's no way in your lifetime you could have made it to any one of those points in the, in the sky. They travel through a light gate. Um, it is done psychically. There are no calculations. There are no computers on board. It's all intelligence and psychic ability that takes you there. We do not have that ability yet. I will tell you that Elon Musk has been working for years, and I know programmers, personally programmers who work for him, who have been developing this for the last 40 years, and that is AI that can hear you psychically, you know, if you don't believe you can be psychic, understand that they figured out how to make psychic machinery now from back in engineering, because it takes some of that to develop their AI so that they can communicate with them. And that's the technology they picked off. Um, 
it goes on and on and on and on and on. There's no way that they can go past mimicking only in our stratosphere, our atmosphere, the technology. Um, ET is not here right now. Uh, and they're working with impunity. If you want to know that my lab is off the dial, it is because they know that ET is not interacting with us right now. They had to move out because our magnetosphere is down 40%. Our poles are changing and they've had to vacate for a while because they fly our magnetic field lines and they're jumbled up and dangerous and they keep crashing. They have been crashing for some time for 80 years off and on because of it. Um, we need to wake up to the truth. And the people on this planet are not educated to understand this. Bob Lazar knows this. He's tried to speak to it as well. He's opened his mouth and explained the technology to everybody. And yet they tried to, you know, ruin his life, take away all his education, everything. You know, this dismantle respect for anything the man knows or can talk to. It made him look out to be a liar. And he's telling the absolute truth, absolute truth. We need to educate ourselves. We need to understand more than the government or the alt government, as Lynn says, because she's dead right about that. They're puppets walking around in front of us, and they have no clue what's going on behind the scenes. None. It is a worldwide effort, and we just need to educate ourselves on what technology is, what science is, what's really capable or not capable in the universe. And, you know, <laughs> we need to push for that real quick, real quick. Uh DF asked a question, uh, when are the people on Earth going to be informed and of, or why? Uh, when will the truth be revealed in a grand scale? I mean, is that ever going to happen? No, not uh, according to the alt-governments. No way. They have plans for you, and it does not mean telling you the truth about anything. Their plans are specific. They've been in place for 80 years now, and they are not going to deter from them whatsoever. Not at all. Yeah, just based on their history, I would say no. They haven't yet, so why would they now? I think the only, you know, the recent so-called disclosure we're seeing now, I don't think they're doing it for our benefit. It's their efforts to control the narrative. If they don't start saying there's something to this, they're going to be completely irrelevant and no longer credible. So I think, yeah, there's some little bits of disclosure going here and there, but I do not trust them one bit. They've mm -hmm. never been truthful, and I don't think they ever will be. Nor should you. I would say the only time we will ever get information is when it will benefit the military and the corporations that are involved in right. controlling things behind the scenes. That's the I only like time. The one percenters. Yes. Yeah. She's right. Yeah, but they can come when ETs come down in large numbers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When they over. show up, they're, they're not going to have <laughs> much choice. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. So, so sorry. Um. <laughs> This is, this is, you know, this is a situation, uh, I was educated to understand the cycles that we have on this planet, okay? Um, 280 million years worth of cycles, because we didn't originate here. We did originate on Mars. We are from that planet. And before that, we're from the Orion Cluster. That's where we originated to begin with, humans, us, okay? Uh, we are definitely related to the grace. We uh, can interbreed with them. You got to ask yourself, if I can breed with you, does that mean I'm like you? Oh, you bet you are. You just look a little different. They've had time to evolve past what we are, and they look different. And the fact that they have no hair is literally easily explained. It's called electricity. You work in that environment, it electrolyzes you all over your body. You lose all your hair. 
Okay. I mean, I'm going thin now. I have nobody anywhere on my hair except on my face and my head. That's it. It's all gone. And it's from being in craft. Um, I fully expect to go bald. This is this is important to understand that they are us. We are them. We really all are one. DNA is throughout the entire universe. Not one piece of it. The whole thing. You are related to everything on this earth. You are genetically related to everything here. You're related to them. They're related to us. They're related to everything else. The human genome is prime. It is how we all exist. Well, and, I agree with you on that. Okay. I, I would definitely agree with you on that. I think they're, that the, the beings that we see may actually be some type of evolved human or the human species that has evolved at some point as well. Uh, I believe human species is a universal species. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I truly believe that. Yeah, it does seem to be the common template in all contactee cases of the humanoid form. Right. And uh, I'll take you it. back to the original part of this. I want to get this one out. I've never said this to anybody and it needs to be heard. Your DNA is a key. And it, when it opens up and it starts producing your body, it generates electricity. Your heart is a generator. Okay. And it's an attractor and your consciousness is attracted to your DNA and you are specifically who you are and you're meant for this. Okay. It is implausible to think that being an electrical being, a being made of light, because we're in a gravity-heavy uh, third-dimensional space right now, that you couldn't move on or do something else somewhere else or evolve to it, where you lose your corporeal form, but you become light, like a light being, like an angel, okay? We, we don't, we're, we're so locked into our little narrow vision and our ego of ourselves that we don't, search out for the truth of everything. And one of the reasons that we're not doing that is we're not using our innate abilities. You're not linked up with your consciousness and it's pretty smart. And your physical mind needs to know what it's thinking. It needs to hear it. And uh, the one message that I've gotten from the ET, from all of them, not just the grays or the tall whites or the mantids, all of them, they all want us to grow up and realize that we need to develop this talent. You know, it's imperative, or we're just going to stay in the same horrible existence that we're all in. We need to crawl out of it. Yeah, I do find that interesting as well. From the beginning, even if you're looking at the contactee era of the 1950s, all the way up to today, the ETs are giving pretty much the same message to people, um, which is, you know, warnings against nuclear proliferation. Mm -hmm pollution in our warlike ways, <laughs> these sort of things. That does seem to be a very much consistent message among all the ETs. So uh, it seems that we're the bad guys in this situation then, huh? Like the government yes, is is doing the nefarious acts. Now, do you think this is leading to, uh, to a false flag uh, invasion of some Absolutely. sort? Absolutely. It's already begun. Don't doubt it. It's already mm -hmm. begun. They've already launched it. Yeah. You look for the signs of it, you'll see it clearly, you'll understand. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of buzz about that in the UFO community. I worry about it. Uh, I do because, too. I mean, the ETs have been around for such a long time. Uh, they have not come down and annihilated, you know, done genocide like we do. Uh, I don't have any accounts of ETs coming down and eating someone up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or I am worried 
about how our government is portraying this as a national security threat during the congressional hearings uh, that came up several times. Mm -hmm. Because from the beginning, they said, this is not, there's nothing to it. You think you saw a UFO? You are lying. You're hoaxing, hallucinating, or misperceiving. There's no national security threat. There's nothing to this. And now they're saying 180 degrees. Well, there's something to it. We don't know what it is. Might not even be technology. Could be Chinese, but it's a threat. Right. <laughs> Hold on. I also hate, yeah, I also don't like hearing, and this bothers me a lot. Humankind would go crazy if they knew the truth. That is the biggest bald-faced lie there is. We we're challengeable people. Okay. We do our best in adversity. We do our best when things are going wrong around us. That is our talent. Okay. So don't tell me that I'm more afraid of the truth and won't assimilate it properly. That's the biggest lie they tell. Period. The end. They want you to be afraid. They want you innately to be afraid. Get off the slave train, please. Start thinking for yourself. You're an autonomous being. You're supposed to be thinking this through yourself. You don't need somebody giving you all kinds of stupid, bad information, throwing negative at you constantly. And we are in a negative pond here. Okay. Turn the TV off. Quit listening to the news. This is all propaganda specifically designed to get out of you what they want, not what you really need or want. Okay, nope. you're you're impressed to buy this and have that, and I need to be, you know, this, that, or the other. No, you need to be cultivating your intelligence. You need to be cultivating your mind, your 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 consciousness. You need to be elevating yourself and trying to get off this planet, not stay here. Literally, period. Uh, now you did mention the signs. Can you kind of give us uh, your interpretations of the signs? Sure. Um, uh, okay, here's a big one. They just unrolled a new uh, stealth bomber. Have they not? It looks like mm -hmm. a UFO, does it not? Mm -hmm. They have TR-3Bs that are triangle vehicles that fly with the three big lights and the one big light in the middle of it. That is a UFO to you, but it's not. It's ours. They have rectangular vehicles with lights on each end. Those are crowd controllers. They're armed with laser cannons, and they can put you out. They have all kinds of technology. They have 7D uh, uh, holographics that can make you think that there's a giant whale in your garage, okay? Literally make you think that. Do you think that they could shine that up in the sky and make you think there's a UFO? You bet, and they've done it on a grand scale. They have machinery that can do all kinds of crazy things to make it look like UFOs. The one thing they can't do, though, the one thing is they don't have ET speed. In other words, a real true ET craft can move from zero to 11,000 miles an hour in under two seconds, not even that long. They can't move that fast. They also can't stop on a dime, and they physically can't stay in the air long because their electricity is not as good as ETs, and they can't run them for as long as ET can. So if you see one, and it's only going to be there for 30 minutes, because trust me, it's running out of fuel right now, and it's going to go land somewhere but it'll annihilate as many things as it possibly can before it's done and then blame et they'll lie about it they'll tell you that's et coming and they're already breading you for it right now they talk about it it's a thing uh if i hear one more time national security threat i'm going to cry okay et are not a national security threat who decides that 
our airspace. We're going to defend our airspace. From what? They're not attacking us. And yet we have a neural net around us, a satellite net that's so tight and so thick with a computer somewhere that can, is conscious, thinking, and aware of everything you do here. They watch everything you do. Tell me that's okay. Tell me you you feel safe under those conditions. Tell me you feel like, you know, they they got your best interest at heart. I don't think so. Yeah, the MyLabs are a clear sign that they're putting forth an ET threat narrative. The suppression of the benevolent cases, which they absolutely failed to mention at all in the congressional hearings, the fact that most major researchers out there, and I will point to John Mack, David Jacobs, Bud Hopkins, Philip Mantle, Edith Fiore, Timothy Good. I mean, I can go on. All have healing cases. Uh, and this is not talked about. That's pushed into the fringe. It's not going in the mainstream media. It absolutely should. The MUFON handbook for field investigators has a section on physical, physiological effects. And it's titled Medical Injuries as a Result of UFOs. They do not mention healings whatsoever. Uh, this is another sign. The cattle mutilation phenomena is being blamed on ETs. But if you look at the researchers who have really dug deep into it, like Gabe Valdez, uh, he says it's our government who has to answer to this. They are the ones who are behind it. It's very sneaky what they're doing. Uh, and it's I think if you really have to take an objective, deep look into it, and you'll see that there is an ET threat narrative. The media loves a lurid, scary ET story. And they're not putting forth the benevolent truth that they're not here to hurt us. I'm not going to say everyone again. I'll just underline it. I know people have a hard time with some of their encounters. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but the my labs, hmm, a lot of these people are victims of my labs. Yeah. Uh, I know people who've had both. Uh, Lysia Davidson, she was cured of cancer. She was also abducted by the military. She says, I did not like that at all. <laughs> I'm much more scared of our government than of the ETs. She told me that to my face. Yeah, I I, I have to agree. I've had several clients who have had um have had good experiences where they've been cured of uh, some pretty horrific diseases uh, by these beings. Um, actually, most of them live in Puerto Rico. To be honest with you, yeah, uh, it's a worldwide they're yeah. helping everybody. You know, ask yourself why we have more cancer nowadays, why we have more autoimmune disorders, why we have more mental health problems, why we have more heart problems, what's going on? And the reason is, is our DNA is unraveling. It's, it's this, you know, coming apart because of the gamma coming in on us. Gamma radiation, look it up, destroys all biological life and it takes your DNA out first. That's where it hits you hardest. Um, they're protecting that. They're doing what they can. If you're meant to be here, if your karma says, and they know the difference, says that you need to be here active and viable, they will keep you going so that you are. Um, I want to I speak to something else. You know, we have clear evidence of different iterations on this planet. Whole civilizations have come and gone here and uh, over the, over, you know, millennia. And, uh, but the science doesn't want you to uh, understand that or or figure that out. Every 12,000 years, there's an event and humankind just sort of disappears for a while and then it comes back. We're at the end of an event. We're at our 12,000 year cycle end. And ET does not leave us here to fend 
for ourselves because we couldn't. What's about to happen, we won't survive it at all. The only reason they're not here right now is because of the pull change. It's too dangerous for them to be here. They've done everything they can for us up to this point. They know we're cognizant of them. We know we have disclosure. We all have disclosure. Don't ask yourself when you're going to get it. You got it. You already know. Most people have seen a UFO. Most people have had the feelings. Most people are waking up. They will come as soon as our poles finish changing before our sun micronovas. There's a period of time where they can. They will land everywhere on this planet, open the doors and say, get on now. And they mean it. But we have to survive what the one percenters here think they're going to do to us. You know, they say, oh, well, there's too many people on the planet. You know, we need to call the herd, so to speak. <laughs> all, all. And they've had billions of ways of doing it. China had the one job thing. Africa was just genociding everybody and still is. And now we have what's going on now, which is not good. It's unpleasant to think about. They're not done. They're not going to finish being done because when they go underground to survive all this stuff, ask yourself, why are there so many underground spaces for these people? Why is there a seed depository? Why do they have this, this, and this? They're planning for what's going to happen. They know it is. And there are too many of us. Eight billion people on this planet. Eight billion people. Okay? There's a lot of people. And we'll fight them for it. Come on. We're, we're humans. We'll fight to survive. They can't have us here for that, and they want us gone. They know that ET is not here now, and that's the reason those false flags have started. They are going to start calling the herd big time, and you see it every day now. You see people dropping dead from a shot. Do you not? This is not good. There's a four-year limit on that shot. Watch what happens at the end of four years from when they started giving them out. This is not good. We need to wake up to the truth. You can make up your mind. And Preston says this, and I believe it with all my heart. It's a good thing. Knowing what's coming is more important than being stupid until it hits you flat in the face. You have every reason to evolve as much as you can until the, those moments where you make up your mind. Which way are you going with this? Okay? Live till you die. Be free. Be a real person. Wake up. Enjoy what you got and work your way through it and decide which way you want this to happen to you. Okay. You can either go from them or go with ET. Take your pick. It's a big deal. And we're sadly in this shape because the people on this planet did not wake up sooner than this. And, and it's like a mess this time around. It happened to Atlantis. Those people didn't know what hit them. Trust me, they did not. It took them out. Let's wake up. Let's let's face this. Let's all decide not to get on the slave train anymore. And it's as easy as just saying, no, I'm not going to believe you anymore. Don't want to hear what you have to say. We're going to go off and do it our way and see what happens. If the whole world did that at one time, there would be a giant paradigm shift across this planet. And ET would do everything in their power to make sure we all got off. Okay? They're helpless right now to help us because it's just dangerous to be here. I won't even, I mean, I grounded myself. I'm here because I want y'all to hear this. I'm 64 years old, going on 65. I've lived a nice long life. I've had a good time. And if something happens to me, eh, okay, I'm going to still go on. I don't die. Neither do you. Okay. But I'm going to tell everybody I know what's happening because y'all deserve it. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody not to know the truth about this. You have a fighting chance to go live on another world and live out the rest of your life and evolve and become more than you are. That's a big deal. That's a prize. You know, that's the 
bucket of gold at the end of the rainbow, as far as I'm concerned. We just need to work it out for ourselves. Yeah, one thing's for sure, the path we're on now is not sustainable. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'd welcome a big change. Um, Nancy Malcolm asked, what, and this is to Dolly, or I guess to anyone, what is the difference in intent between God and ETs? No, uh, there is no difference. ET believes in God. They just call it something else. They, be, they call God the all mind. They believe that God is every, every, um, thought, everything everybody has. God is all knowledgeable. We're part of it. We're in that with with god okay so they call god the all mind and god's intent or the all mind's intent is purely what they are trying to teach us and that's to love one another it's to love your 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 life to evolve to find out new things to become wise to ascend that's what they do and that's how they act they're not out to get us god the, god, the all mind wants us to catch up period. It's the same agenda. Yeah, I think so. There's an ET agenda definitely to wake people up to our own. And I won't call them supernatural abilities. They're natural. Right. Uh, and I see this all the time with contactees. I've mentioned this earlier. Contactees as a general rule, not only are surrounded by paranormal events, but display abilities like levitation, healing, precognition, astral travel, past life recall, remote viewing, uh, clairvoyance, mediumship. And this is, I've heard the same exact thing from several contactees. They were told by the ETs, this is our gift to you for working with us. The same exact phrase, because they have this explosion of psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if there's, I, is, I think, a connection between God and ETs and religion. One lady was told flat out who you thought were angels was us. But I do think that there is a pathway, I mean, towards enlightenment and that earth is in essence a school. And if you look at the history of like the saints, I read Butler's Lives of the Saints, which tells the autobiographies of thousands of the very prominent religious figures. They all display all these abilities that we call supernatural. Uh, but the ETs are absolutely trying to wake us up to these, and they have these abilities themselves. Telepathy, levitation, healing, all of them that we have too. I had a discussion with my contact, Talata. He's a fifth dimensional non corporeal being, and he does run the craft that I fly. And we've talked about the all-mind, and I, I, we've talked about religion here and a lot of things. And he gave me a statement. He made me write it down word for word. And I gave it to Preston and Preston put it in the book. And I want you to hear it. Okay. I'm going to read it to you real quick. If you want to know what God is, it says, be strong in love. Love is what carries through. Love is what heals. Love is the strength of life. Love has no limit. Therefore, let love become who you are. Let love evolve to its fruition. Let the light that is love burn bright. Let its wisdom guide you to higher understanding and let its power move you to teach its power to others. Love, be strong in love. That is their concept of God. Absolute word for word. Go ahead, Vincent. 
Yeah, and Dolly, that's that is not the first time I've heard that, and that's quite beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Uh, a question from the uh, chat room, uh, Space Lottie. She says, "What does the panel think about uh, David Eckhart case?" Now, I, while you guys are talking, I've been thinking a lot about David Eckhart's case. Uh, Preston and Dolly, are you are you familiar with David Eckhart? I am not. <laughs> Preston oh, probably is. Yeah. You'd have to refresh me. Um, I may be. He. he uh, he's been um, dealing with reptilian uh, contactee experiencer for uh, all of his life, pretty much. But he's been talking about it for, for about the last fifteen years, Lon. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been working with him for twelve years, so yeah. Yeah, and he's been experiencing a, a lot of uh, what what uh, all of you have been saying. He's been healed. He had terrible arthritis, and he was actually. Uh, taken apart, which was quite scary at the time, but actually healed. And he does remember that experience. But I would love to hear what, what you all think about the Eckhart case. Um, uh, I guess, Lynn, are you familiar with the Eckhart case at all? Um, I don't know all of the particulars about it, but I will say kind of what I say about all cases, which is um, I am open to it because I don't really know, you know, unless we are there, unless we are experiencing it, we can't say for certain one way or another whether or not a person's experience is valid. And in fact, if their experience is valid to them, then it is in fact valid. So um, it's always difficult when we get asked those those questions, you know, what we think about it. Do we think that they're real? Is it real to him? Then yes, it's real. That's the way I go with it. Now I can say, you know, uh, most of my experiences have been with the reptilians as well. So of course mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, mm, yes, that's definitely true. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's a tough call. We can't really say because we're not him and we haven't experienced it. I, I never want to write anyone off because how can we say that it hasn't happened 100%? Lack of proof is not proof. Correct. I agree 100% with you, Lynn. Absolutely. Your perspective, what you know in your mind to be true is true to you. And the only way that you can prove or disprove yourself, and this should be how all humans understand how to fare through this, is to shine a light in it on your own mind, in your own mind. In other words, work it out for yourself one way or the other. Get help for it. Talk about it. Work it through. Look for proof for yourself, prove or disprove it. And if you can't, then do everything you can to be okay with yourself, to heal yourself about it, because that's the most important thing any human being can do. You, you don't let things eat you to the point that it destroys you. You have to stay okay. You have to love yourself. You have to want to be healed. You have to know that sometimes things happen to us that we can't explain, and we still have to go on and live. And it's important. And I would never, ever tell somebody that they're crazy or anything like that. That's your experience and it's valid to you. And it's important to hear them. If we go unheard, we're, we're not helping each other at all. And that's important. Right. But I also think we have to stop looking for external validation too. We have yes. to like stay strong in our experience. Like, you know, our experiences are different. You say, well, I don't think that the sp secret space program is what people say that it is. I'm going to say, I've experienced it. So I have a different opinion of that. I've been out on those ships, right. you know, and both of those opinions are equally valid because those are our experiences. Yeah. I've written about a lot of people's experiences and I do not edit. I put them forth what they tell me. Uh, it's 
their story. They know what happened to them far better than I do. And uh, I don't know David Eckhart's story. Uh, other well, than uh, I, I, yeah, David, um, David has, and he and his family actually had experienced a lot of, um, a lot of abduction uh, at their home in Pensacola, but near Pensacola for oh, over 15 years yeah. now. That's about all and, I know. Uh, um, you know, he had, he had gotten in real big, real specific detail with me over the years. Uh, but the, the one thing that has fascinated me more than anything with his case is, uh, first of all, they, they did work on him. They did cure him of arthritis. They, uh, they showed him a lot of different things on earth. Uh, but... The one thing and the one statement that was made to him from his handler, because he had a handler, he had a reptilian who every time they took him, he was the one that worked with him, who told David that, yeah, we do believe in a supreme being. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the way you see God, but we do all believe. And he was he met those other than reptilians as well do believe in a higher being. What are your thoughts on that? Not surprising. It's true. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> I mean, it, even science came to that the point at some point in the eighties that it's all intelligent design. They quit trying to dis, to, to to devalue the idea that there is a supreme intelligence or mm -hmm. God. Um, mm -hmm. And everybody woke up to the reality of it. It's, it's, um, it's provable, not disprovable. And so, yeah, even even animals know there's something going on. Even all animals are sentient, like we are. They love one another. They'll protect one another. They protect us. Um, you can't have that kind of communion with one another without somebody having designed it. Employ, you know. In, employed it with mm -hmm. us and so yeah it, I, I firmly believe that any sentient being would know that's true so interesting you know i um i used to be strictly evolutionary theory for years and years and years until i started working with abductees and experiencers mm -hmm. then i had my own encounter and i was shown a lot of historical things according to them and now these beings who took me were what i called tall grays there were always three of them together mm -hmm. and they took me to a location and showed me historic what they considered to be historical how they um how the uh became, you know became part of our history how they interjected themselves and uh I, I do believe that uh, you talked about intelligent design. Uh, I, I, I do I do believe there's something to that. I, I do believe there has been an interjection along the line. It has all been strictly evolutionary. Uh, I, I believe they have changed us at some point. And it was interesting you talked about the, the 12,000 year cycle. Uh, according to them, to me, 12,500 years ago was when they first, well, was the most important time when they came here. Now, I don't know if it had anything to do with the last time they were here, 
but they did they did show me 12,500 years ago. Here, um, that's what I was taught. Um, every uh, ethnicity of ET takes turns in the iterations on this planet. Um, every time we're brought back here after the calamity of what happens here, they uh, another group of them uh, become more uh, our guides. Uh, mm -hmm and teach us what we need to know and help us get on our feet so that we can move through this quickly. Um, and the tall grays have been more um, paramount in that, this iteration time, as you speak of, that's what I was taught also. Mm -hmm. So we have more to do with them than anybody. The, the Anunnaki were transporters. They brought us here as well. And uh, they had something to do with this for a while while we were getting on our feet well, uh, not even sure how to describe that. And uh, and then they backed out, and it's been mostly the greys, the great peoples. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I can say that from all the cases I've interviewed, no contactees have told me anything about ETs having an organized religion like we do or a figure that they worship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They don't have a federalized system. There's no money. It's all cooperation. It's all working together. Yeah. Uh, this sort of thing. Um, they do seem to be very much spiritual and very much into collecting knowledge and science and this sort of thing. It's all about growth and learning. Uh, but as far as, you know, an organized religion, I don't see any evidence of that. I know Betty Andreessen talked about seeing, you know, very advanced beings. Uh, I think Dolly talked about seeing, visiting some of the elders of the Greys, who are ones that they go to for advanced knowledge. But as far as religion, I don't, I don't, I don't see any evidence of that in the cases that I've had the privilege to investigate. Mm -hmm. They're wide open psychic. They hear everything everybody hears. They hear us. Um, they know everything that goes on all the way through their entire population. Uh, if there's an issue or something's going on, they strictly go to wisdom before they will do anything else. And there are elders among them who have that kind of wisdom, that kind of knowledge to back up their decision making. And everybody is autonomous. And so there's usually a consensus or an agreement among groups to work together at a certain project or a specific thing. They take turns, as a matter of fact, they're very open and giving to one another. And so you'll you'll see... Uh, things change among them, but it's a consensus change. It isn't somebody's ordering them to do it. They they choose to do it. So that's how they are. Well, I think Vincent has one last question. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a two-part uh, question for the for the whole real quick. Now, I've got an ongoing weird fascination with the moon. And I've heard some pretty <laughs> strange things about the moon, and I was wondering if you all have an idea of what the moon actually is and if you've ever heard of something called the council of five <laughs> that's <Yeah>. david's term <laughs> mm -hmm. uh the moon is fascinating uh i agree i i love the moon as well um and there are a lot of weird things about it right the moon is much too big for the size of the planet that we're on why is the moon tidally locked yeah, it, there's so many questions it's that perfect circle unlike any other moon why does the moon ring when it's struck? You know, we crashed a, I can't remember what it was, one of our um, 
vehicles what? into it and the moon rung, you know, why does, so the moon is fascinating. And I too am, am kind of enthralled with the moon. I, I do love it. Um, and the council of five, is that what you said? I've heard that, mm -hmm. but I don't mm -hmm. know that I can remember what that is. So now you have to tell me. Well, <laughs> apparently this is a group of extraterrestrials that have some type of get together on the far side of the moon. Uh, it's five different races of beings or species of beings. And David concurs that he has been taken there at least one point and met with these beings. And they call themselves the Council of Five. Now, you know, I, I don't know how true that is. Uh, I have had only ever had one other person tell me about that who was an experiencer. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm interested in what you all think about that. I think it's interesting. And one thing that I always like have to remind myself of, too, is that the things that we hear from different experiences are based on their experiences. Right. So we can't like I'm always very careful not to generalize. So, you know, David's experiences are based sure. on David's experiences that he's had with the beings that he's been around. And so mm -hmm. that's where his knowledge sure. base is coming from. So it's very difficult to like, you know, maybe there is a council of five that are associated with the beings that he has worked with. Um, but, you know, maybe someone else hasn't, like myself, hasn't heard of that. I don't know. Right. It's an interesting idea, though. Oh, okay, well, I can tell you what I've learned and what my experience is. Uh, first of all, the moon is a solid object. It is a moon, a genuine moon. It is not from this planet. It uh, came in during uh, one of the iterations uh, way, way back, way back, um, right after the time of the dinosaurs. Um, the, all planets ring just so you know, they all have a resonance sound that they make, even Earth. Earth has a sound and it does ring. Uh, some planets ring better than others and the moon just seems to ring pretty good. If you hit it, it will go dong, dong, dong. It makes a sound. Um, it is not hollow. It is a solid object. ET does use the moon as a vantage point. Uh, it uses the moon as a stationary post uh, when they're there. Uh, to observe and just uh, think about what's going on. After the Apollo missions, humans were discouraged. The governments of this world were discouraged by ED, not in direct contact with them, but just letting them know by showing up that we really don't think you need to be hanging around here right now. And they stopped. Uh, you notice after the Apollo uh, last one came back, they stopped told, cold. The fact that ET bugged out about a year and a half or two years ago, you've seen activity pick back up and we're now going back to the moon again because they're literally not there to interfere with them at all. And they feel they have impunity now to go there and check everything out. What they will find is some structures there that ET has left behind. That's absolute proof. They've left structures on this earth as well. Um, so that's all there is with that. Um, there is no... In my experience, there is no Council of Five. I have never come in contact with it. I have never seen it, and I've gotten around pretty good. They just don't exist. That's another uh, myth or ground, you know, point, you know, 
data point that somebody pushes here for you to think about. No, there's no galactic federation at all. None of that. It does not exist. ET is a uh, conglomeration of entities that are highly evolved. They work together and they get a whole universe to play in. They don't need, we don't need to keep impounding them with our value systems and how we see things. They don't even use the word federation at all. It's not even in their vocabulary. Uh, they don't understand it at all. Um, if you do talk to the peoples, though, that have been on this planet and have had contact, constant contact with them, like the natives around this world, they will tell you the same thing, that they are the people. They have no government. They don't, native peoples don't really have a government. They have councils and their elders work with them. You know, we got lots of pointers to what the reality is. We just need to open our eyes a little bit better and, you know, take it a step further and understand it. This was given to us to understand a long time ago. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with what Dolly is saying. I don't have any evidence that there was a galactic federation. I think there's some terminology issues that we're dealing with because I do think people will might perceive something as a council, but are in essence imposing our own cultural and societal values because uh, I don't have any evidence that the ETs have a federalized system of government whatsoever. And I, I've heard of the Council of Five, the Council of Nine, and this sort of thing. I don't have any firsthand reporting on that, I would say, put it that mm -hmm. way. But as far as the moon, oof, oh yeah. I've talked to contactees who have been there and have seen structures. I first became interested when I interviewed a gentleman who was on the boat that picked up the astronauts. He was a petty <laughs> photographer, and he talked to the astronauts firsthand, and he said that they told him there's stuff up there that we're not being told about. He saw photographs of it firsthand. That got me interested in it. And I realized, okay, there's Glenn Steckling's book. We found alien bases on the moon. George Leonard's book, someone else is on the moon. There's a whole slew of literature out there. And a lot of NASA whistleblowers and people within the military industrial complex who are reporting on seeing structures on the moon. I have no doubt there's stuff up there. <laughs> uh, I think this is gonna be one of the big stories at, that will at some point break that NASA is hiding information about what they found up there. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. There's stuff up there for sure. Uh, alien bases, very old ones, this sort of thing. Uh, and just to close that off, there's it's scientifically proven pretty much that there's stuff going on there. Uh, it's been seen ever since we've gotten telescopes, changes in the surface of the moon, lights, and organized structures are called TLP, transient lunar phenomena. And if you look that up, you'll see there's an enormous amount of evidence of people seeing all kinds of stuff up there. Mm -hmm. I would say one of my first like uh, real memories was being in one of our craft, a uh, human craft, hovering right above the moon. Um, I looked out and there was the moon right down there like you were flying in an airplane. It was pretty crazy. We weren't on the surface of the moon, but we were hovering right above it. It was pretty incredible. Mm. Well, I'm uh, going to uh, end the show and ask you all, each of you, to give us an, give the folks an idea how they can contact you, what your projects are coming up, and uh, anything else you'd like to, to say. Go ahead, Preston. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much, Lon. I do have a website if you want to reach out to me. Just punch my name in there. 
got a bunch of books out. My most recent ones are Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure, which is all about Dolly's lifelong experiences as a fully conscious contactee. I just put out a fourth volume of my Not From Here series about the more unusual aspects of UFO encounters. You can find my stuff on Amazon and other online retailers. I'm also on YouTube and other social media platforms. And yeah, I really appreciate you having us on the show. I think this is an important topic. Very delighted to see it's going mainstream. So thanks very much. Uh, are you Lynn? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Rebellious Ufology. I've taken a little bit of a break, but I'll be coming back. Um, so very excited about that. Hopefully, maybe next week. We'll see uh, if I can get it pulled together in that amount of time. I'm also on Twitter, Rebellious UFO. And um, Instagram, you can find me as well. I think I'm just under Lynn Hurley on Instagram. And Dolly. Um, I'm uh, just striking out still. Um, I started a YouTube channel. And I'm there and I've started to put my first video out and then had some issues that I had to back down for a bit, but I'm getting ready to throw out again. And I've been doing some work still with Preston about the book and everything. So we're putting videos about that. If you look me up on Messenger, I'll answer you. I try to answer you in chats and uh, you can ask me questions on my YouTube as well. And uh, for right now, that's as good as it gets. So... Okay, well, I want to thank each of you for coming on tonight. It was a very interesting conversation, and uh, an invitation is open to you all for the future. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks very much, yeah. yeah. And thank you, you so here. much, guys, for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. And you all have a great Honor. weekend. Thank you, too. Yeah, happy holidays. Enjoy your family and your time. It's Same good. to you. Yeah. Hi, Lynn. Good. I'm glad to see you again. We got to talk. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night. Good night. It was good to meet you. Now, if you have a sighting or encounter report that you would like to be considered for the personal report show or postal phantoms of monsters, feel free to contact me at my email, com. I want to again thank Preston, Lynn, and Dolly for joining me this evening. And thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. If you made a super chat donation, it's truly appreciated. Your support is what makes, makes all this possible. So please like and subscribe and um, share. So next Friday, my guest will be paranormal researcher, investigator, and author Steve Stockton. Uh, we're going to be discussing his current project, projects and get into the nitty-gritty of the paranormal encrypted world and you know how steve is he he will get in there so uh should be an interesting conversation so stay tuned for bernadette mcdaniel's a paranormal life here on fans of monsters radio at 11 p.m eastern 8 p.m pacific so until i see you again stay healthy have a safe enjoyable weekend good night